You're listening to Adam RMD GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. What's up, guys? Well, welcome to a special episode. So I invite my uh, friend uh, Serena Williams on. And we both have one thing in common. We are both single gutter punk parents. That's right. This episode goes out to uh, single uh, parents, period, really. But the show's punk rock, you know that. So does punk rock motherfuckers like us. You may be going through it. You may know somebody going through it. They were with somebody psychotic. Well, we knew what to do. <laughs> Me and Serena kind of make a fucking historical movement today on the show and uh, make it an issue. I haven't really fucking heard it before, dude. You know? single gutter punk parents, but I've been dealing with motherfuckers all around me since I had my kid when I was 22 years old, <laughs> and I love my son, and uh, I was like a lot of dads. You're going to hear it on the show today, a lot of dads that got fucked over by psychotic exes, and it's not just men, there's plenty of women that have been with psychotic motherfuckers. I feel bad for all of us that have been in that fucking nightmarish ass position. They do deserve to be prosecuted, and I know they deserve worse than that too, believe me. I fucking know it. It will be talked about today in the most mature way we could. <laughs> we ended up doing it today. You can tune in to the GED, motherfucker. Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys. I'm going to say this and I'm going to get this right on out the way, okay? It seems like nowadays, us as parents is raising a bunch of weak-ass kids. And yes, I said it. Weak-ass, crybaby-ass kids. Don't know what to do when they hear no. See, you keep we keep running, giving them everything they want, that when they hear no, they fold. See, they're going to get their ass out there in the real world and fold because we ain't taught them nothing. We got a bunch of followers nowadays. It's up to us as parents to instill leadership in our children to let them know, hey, hey, hey. You got a mind of your own, baby. You a leader, not a follower. But all these crybaby-ass, weak, follow-the-trend-ass kids, I fought, I fought the parents. I fought the parents. Step your game up. It's more, it's more to life than taking pictures and dressing cute. And that's Wonder Grower. All right. We now return. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Some of them, some of them I, I swear, if you like walk by my room, you'd be able to hear 
just like, is it just like, what the heck is going on in there? Like, it's just a vibrator, but it just makes so much noise. Oh, hey, we're on the air, by the way. Um. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, I, I do masturbate, by the way. I mean, oh. I don't think that's just for anyone. Uh, well, as long as you talk about it, I guess it's okay. <laughs> no. That is one thing I haven't talked about too much, uh, yanking it, you know, or, or yeah. inserting it or whatever you're doing to relieving it. But yeah, man, I, I seriously suggest everybody out there as your doctor, pay mature uh, medical attention to your genitals at least uh, eight minutes a day. I think it's healthy. Yeah. I think a lot of people do need to fucking bust a load and stop being a fucking pretentious prick. Um, right? I do watch this guy, Joey B, and I, I thought he was kind of like me in a way. He's like, what is the problem with narcissists on Instagram? And, he, and it shows all these, you know, all the content providing specifically like women or they're on TikTok, you know, and they're just retards. We feel about that kind of shit. Half of them are parents, right? <laughs> it's frustrating because I'm someone that has avoided uh, any kind of public eye, but I mean, I'm also an unemployed parent right now. And so I'm seeing these people use their ego and misrepresent something that, you know, really puts a lot of other people at odds with their own ego and their own self. And then it's just not leading people to, to feeling able, capable, and confident. It's just making other people feel bad. And so I, I just don't see what good it does. I think people feel bad, and it's just natural for them to want to get people to feel bad around them. Uh, yeah. Do you think that that's the case with a lot of CPTSD, though, too? Yeah. Like, people who are dealing with CPTSD, like, they don't get the right kind of help, so they just need people to feel as bad as they do. I think, you know, there's been a few times I've been guilty of that. That can go both ways, because for me, it's actually the opposite. Um, My CPTSD over the years has caused me to be an over-extensive people pleaser, because... Oh yeah, I get I get that too. Part of the trauma, and so so I mean, you know, never being enough, never being enough, and so so I always try and go above and beyond um, in helping others. But in, with respects to my son, that's something I had to start working on because he comes first, and pleasing of people doesn't matter. And you can't always please a three year old. I can cook him a whole buffet, but he's still going to eat a cold hot dog at the end of the night, and by choice. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's about pleasing him, though, and so if that cold hot dog makes him happy, I'm I'm happy as a clam. Um, but sometimes I do cook enough for, like, an army just to try and get the kid to eat something, but he just, kid wants what he wants. You have an amazing I, kid. I, yes, I do. <laughs> I am. Um, you can tell, too, and uh, and he's just so happy. I've never heard a kid say thank you at age three, <laughs> much, much less at age 33 by now. Because you know, he most picks up his trash. <laughs> there's no manners left, you know, on the planet. <laughs> He's got all he that's left. <laughs> and then he, and he puts his dishes in the sink, and it's just the sweetest thing. I mean, and he makes this artwork that is just unbelievable. Um, you just put any kind of medium in his hands, and he just has a blast. And it's, so it's whatever. My people pleasing, I've kind of 
channeled towards my son and I say, I'm like, how can I make this child's day magical? Yeah. And that's my goal every day is to find some new way to introduce that beauty of life to him. And I, I mean, art's been a great medium. Um, sports for him, he happens to, he has one, one hell of an arm. And so I get hit in the head with a lot of balls <laughs> and I'm not that great at catching. I'm not that coordinated, but I'm getting better. <laughs> Definitely got a lot better actually. So If you're not there, it, it wouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. Well, say so he has to throw the ball with somebody and it's just me. I'm, I'm a single mom. So, um, yeah, I've had to improve on a lot of things that, you know, if he shows interest, it's, it's time for me to have an interest too. And I may not have had interest in sports at all my whole life, but, I can kick a soccer ball around better than better than I expected. <laughs> That's good. It also helps me stay in the moment, though, because um, children live in the now. They don't have a, you know, I mean, the object permanence they learn, you know, previous to three, but they're still in the now and they have that. And so when you're playing with them in action and in motion, it takes you out of yourself and um, puts you in their joy and it's been the most beautiful healing experience I've had um, and what opened me up to therapy. I was only open to therapy um, a year and a half ago. And despite the seven years of the diagnosed CPTSD, um, that probably could have gone diagnosed sooner. But um, yeah, it was really little that opened me up to that because I realized just how much work I had to do on myself to make sure that it wasn't passed down. Eric Fromm wrote a book called Lost in Transmission about how PTSD is passed down through generations. Uh, it's an incredible book. Uh, and I didn't want to pass it on to him. I wanted to end with me. My family has a long history of a lot of pain and it ended with me. It is going to end with me. Not that he won't have his own stories about how mom fucked him up somehow. I mean, every, every kid probably goes through that at some point, but I'm going to do my best to make sure that it's uh, of his own life, not what came before him. Yeah. That's good. You're a good, you're a good parent in my eye. I mean, you know. I do my best. And I know that I know I have a lot of sympathy for parents that are struggling because it, it's not easy when you have all these external forces from the world pressuring you. For example, my dad has his own plumbing business and mm -hmm. he works by himself. And my mom works at a hospital for the insurance, but he, he's always gone out every day and absolutely busted his butt to bring money home and make sure that my brother and I had what we needed. And as a kid, I always asked him, why do you go out and work like this if, if you're going to come home and be in so much pain? And it was the answer was just, well, you do what you have to. And he put a lot of his own needs aside to do that, though also looking back, I kind of wish he had focused more on, I would have sacrificed any of the toys I had to see my dad happy for a minute. Yeah. But instead, you know, he had chose not to focus on himself and his healing. And I'd actually say in retrospect, that was more detrimental than the toy. You know, like I could care less about the toy. 
children love their parents infinitely. When they look at you, they look at the they look at the sun, moon, stars, mm-hmm. galaxy, everything. Yep. And so when they see you unhappy, if there's anything you can do about it to not be unhappy, it's up to you to try and because children blame themselves. They think that I know I did. I thought it was my fault. My dad was angry all the time. And it wasn't until like my late twenties, I think I realized that it had nothing to do with me. He wasn't angry because of me, that it wasn't something I did wrong. Yeah. It was just a long, hard day to work, but I took it personally. I didn't know not to. I suppose that's why with Leo, like I, I tried to make sure to take care of my stuff and stay happy because it's not easy to always be happy knowing it is. We all have moments. Yeah. That's that's learning how to deal with them. You know, and nothing's gonna teach you better than uh becoming a parent, you know. Um yourself, you know. It's that time where I've noticed people who did come from abusive backgrounds like us we ended up becoming really good parents because that's what we we needed, you know. Um, yeah. And when you think about that psychology and you kind of pay it forward, that also applicates to me needing the kind of friends that I really haven't had necessarily. I've had a lot of good friends, but, you know, the spiritual end of friends have been on the slow end. So you want something that's like when you're a child, you feel the same way, just like taking on the pressure of causing the anger of the parent that just doesn't want to uh, take care of themselves, like you said. And then also, uh, you know, you need to be there now to be something that wasn't there for you when you were a kid. When I was and then you can, all through all you through can. growing up, yeah, I all through growing up I have had this person missing as a role model or something like that, or tough love. And I think on that end, I, I offer that on the show, on this kind of tough love end. I sound like a dick sometimes. I know that. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> hey, you know what? If the if it's medicinal and it's working, you may not have to like me. I think you may not like how it went down. I'll probably end up pissing off the guests, but it made them think about some shit when they left, right? You know, isn't that what therapy's for? I think that's the deal, and they kind of forget. You know, I've my I told my one friend, I'm like the Wendy's of friends right now, man. I got the highest turnover rate, you know, in the galaxy. But it's worth the experimentation and to understand specific reaction. You know, not to sound like Goebbels or something out of fucking Fourth Reich, but I'm just saying, you know, like, there's that whole thing where you do have to, you have to experiment with what works and what doesn't. And you have to do it in this way that... (laughs) What, if your heart's correct, it's going to be so the the load is lighter next time for whatever the situation is. You agree with that? Right. You know, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I, 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 I'm at, you know, and, and being a parent of this, uh, of this podcast even, because really it's just a year and a half old, you know, that's a baby, yeah. that's a baby. You know, I've been through all kinds of shit on this thing since then, <laughs> trying to form some new kind of mental health outlet, particularly for metalheads and punks and artists. I don't care if you don't like me, you know, I still want you to listen to it. <laughs> some people are like, his voice fucking sucks. I've heard all kinds of shit. 
miserable motherfuckers. It's like, go start your own shit. Oh, wait, you're too busy fucking sitting around with your thumb in your ass, complaining about everybody else. You know? Go fix your teeth, dick. (laughs) 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 You know, parents, man. Because so <laughs> it would. <laughs> that bad? Like, he no. Me, like, Mom, when you brush your teeth, he goes teeth, and you, and you, and you does little brush his teeth motion to remind me to brush my teeth before bed. Yep, because he's like, he's your elder, you know, and that's that thing, you know. Yeah. If you get lucky, that same thing kind of happened with my kid. Uh, and like, I, I never told it on the show or whatever, but my ex was just, you know, awful fucking person still is you know uh, her dad an ex-criminal and they had him over at his they, he was living at I didn't have the rights like you did I had lost the rights I didn't even know I had rights by the time I found out it was too late too bad there's like some statute of limitations on that too because I'd sue the fuck out of the existing members of the family including the mom well, and, and have them incarcerated for life <laughs> Father's rights are a real issue. A yeah, real issue. I really had no no knowledge of it when it was going down. Exactly. And I was, uh, you know, my here's what my kid had to say in the end: condom, bitch. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's him being tough, you know, and being that Pisces, and being a, a kid who got ripped off from his dad, and it wasn't my. It wasn't my doing. I stayed there, motherfucker. I just kept having to deal with idiots. And as a parent, I know I'm not the only one who's been in that situation. I've heard this repeatedly. It's either from men or women. And they both are like, they got this man or this their ex-spousal, whoever the fuck it is, just causing them all this grief. And, their kid, and they don't get to raise their kid the right way. It's like, shit's awful, man, you know? That's why permits need to be created before people even have a kid. Otherwise, it belongs to the woman, guys. Hey, she gets to do whatever the fuck she wants with it. Unless, and that's why it needs to be important, man. That's why if a couple really wants a baby, that child becomes that important. I bet you the fucking population would slunder down, too, because people would have to be more responsible about having a kid. Or there should at least be, the mother always gets the rights, but there should at least be. Yeah, that's bullshit too. Especially if the couple, if the couple is not married, they should at least be, um, regardless in every situation, if they're not married, there should at least be some, some, something where they're sat down with a mediator and these things are discussed because it's unfair that the father doesn't get a voice until it's too late or oftentimes they have to deal with the crazy ass bitch and then. It then it's too late, and then then it's it's just a really messed up situation, and they look like an asshole or happen to pick up charges over something stupid. Um, I know someone that got arrested because she asked him to go fix her bike or her son's the kid's bike. It was the kid's bike, so he we went to go fix the kid's bike, and then she called the cops and said he wasn't supposed to be there. And then he got arrested. It wasn't even his fault. Um, and then next time they, they went to court, she was trying to say that he picked up another job and needed more money. They raised the child support. He didn't pick up another job. He didn't even get a raise. And, and he doesn't even get to see his kids because she won't let him, even though those are court-mandated dates. He collected 50 dates that she had not allowed him to see his son on those dates. And that was completely washed. 
and not enough, and he still doesn't get to see his kid, and he wants to, and this breaks him, and it breaks my heart, because, you know, in my situation, there was a father that rejected his child for a year and a half, and did not admit his existence to anybody, and completely lied about it, and so it's like seeing fathers that are, are aching to see their children be a part of their lives, like, it just blows me away that some women can be so controlling, and let their ego too get in the way of a relationship with a child because though they might not be with that person anymore they still have to take their ego out of it and that's something a lot of people aren't ready to do and nope. so it's like you're not ready to have a kid until you're ready to take your ego and put it on the back burner you have to leave i i would love for, to see that you have to legally both sign to have a kid and you know yep. that's it that way the woman can't back out she can't destroy it it doesn't have, yeah. it's, that's where it's illegal. Otherwise, it's the woman's choice. It shouldn't be these white, bald head knob motherfuckers in Texas definitely making any kind of call on what is permissible for a woman to take care of herself. You know, it, hey man, there's just so many dirtbags out there as far as examples of guys. And the other half are demasculated yeah. fucking pussies who watch fucking friends. And try to model themselves after fucking Ross. It's like, dude, you know what? Or they're growing a beard to get pussy. Or some shit. It's like, where are real men? You know, where's a real metalhead? You know, I'm a straight guy. I'm a straight white guy in America. I'm the number one enemy. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, well, it's, uh, you know, I happen to, you know, love everyone. That's why I do this show, man. I'm not. You think I'm going to stop anyone in the world? They may have to buy their own calling card because I'm on disability. You guys, I can't afford to buy your fucking international calling card. I've had people that want to be on the show. I am going to buy a card so I can do a few of these. But you know, they're as poor as I am. That's why. Or they got a family that they're working with and they can't afford to fucking call here. I know it's only like ten dollars for like a fucking get out of jail free card at AT&T or some shit. So I am going to start looking into those more. And I, you know, people are poor all I over. Donate. <laughs> I would donate, donate to that. I need to start asking for money. My, my light shaman, this woman in uh, Northern uh, California, she's going to have a show eventually here. Um, I just call her light woman. But, um, you know, we met at a UFO camp, and we're going to tell the whole story, you know. Uh, it connects to, you know, specific elements of magic, which you also need as a parent. Because on one end, you need to have that same kind of light magic to eradicate the pain that fucking was placed on you unfairly as a child by these shitty parents. Uh, you have to use a level of magic to eradicate that. Because, you know, you can get on pills. I'm not telling you to get on pills. I'm not telling you to do shit, once again. But, uh, you know, you can get on pills. There's alternatives. Da, 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 da. You may need them. Everybody's physiology is different. I can't sit here as a doctor and tell you that this thing works and this thing doesn't. Kind of like the vaccine. I can only have my opinion about it. doesn't make it jack from shit. Motherfuckers need what they need. My mom got vaccinated. You know what I mean? People need Seroquel. You know, they may not be schizophrenics, 
but they need to take Seroquel, which is generally prescribed to schizophrenics. It's a hardcore-ass drug. Seems to be a common motherfucker around. That just seems to be loosely administrated without the proper provisionals that need that it needs. You agree with I that? Saw mother, oh, I saw a mother. This was just maybe a week and a half ago. She was an older woman, and she was she went to the hospital. She was having some very um, extreme depression symptoms and suicidality, and they took her. This is what doesn't make any sense to me. So she had been on Zoloft for three years, they completely took her off it without weaning first off. And then they put her on Depakote and Abilify. But, you know, okay, something may not have been working. It turns out she actually is diabetic, and so her, her blood sugar was coming too. Um, I don't know what that noise is, by the way. I just want to stop you if you're doing, if you're just trying not to make that, uh, something's tearing or whatever. Okay, is, that, is, is it stopped? Yeah, you just stopped. <laughs> okay, I was trying. <laughs> no, it, everything's sensitive on there. Don't worry about it, dude. Uh, okay. It, it, I'm on ghetto so equipment. Did, Sorry, just go ahead. They didn't. They didn't even wean her. Yeah. Off of that medication, so she was withdrawing, and then three days later had to go back to the hospital because the withdrawal symptoms were so out of the ordinary. And then she was on, you know, a pill to five in Depakote, which are also pretty hardcore and. Similarly used for schizophrenics, um, people with, you know, depression. But I had been on psychiatric meds in my teens because of my interest in magic. <laughs> they thought I was nuts. But it messed me up more than anything. And they just kept trying different one after different one, never letting the other ones leave my body. And it just felt like it felt like I was crazy eventually and that they were right because I was having all these symptoms that were caused by the medication overload they had, you know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but I was on uh, meds for uh, eight and a half years and it took me two and a half to clean off to get it out of my system. You know, that's 10 years taxed. You know, that was my, uh, I think that was two of my Saturn returns out of like, you know, 800. I don't know what you keep tearing there, but you got to stop tearing paper or whatever you're doing. I'm not. I'm actually not. I'm not moving. So, because <laughs> I can hear paper being torn, <laughs> or that's what it sounds like. <laughs> you better tell that paper ghost to knock that shit off. Is this better? You just got to sit still. Okay. Okay. You give us that. Um, one of my. Is it? Yeah. Is it just you. You just yeah. Just stay. Just keep it like that. <laughs> I have to talk to some people over the show. It's, it's annoying, but you know, I always keep these on the show too, so I remember. So I remember I to say, remember. well, it, then I can say at the beginning of the show instead of being all you know autism, which I'm afflicted with about it, um, and be like, you know, hey, sit still, speak up, and uh, don't move. You know, the. Uh, the sound on this fucking thing so ghetto, but you gotta you gotta give me some credit, man. At least I'm trying to make some shit happen. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to make something happen that you know. And for the most part, you know, people are will keep turning in. And the more interesting the subject is, and I, I you know, I keep wanting to do this uh, show called Number of the Beast, but I think this one's going to be called Single Gutter Punk Parent. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that it. One. That one's more legit, you know, for people like us who are just punks. 
you know. Well, like having to deal with medications, parenting. There's another woman I know. Um, now children can get into anything, and they call those bottles childproof, but children can and will get into anything. And unfortunately, yeah. she lost custody of her children because they had gotten into some of her medication. And then when she dropped them off at daycare, um, you know, they, they became unconscious and needed medical attention. That's unfortunate. And, you know, she, she smoked weed um, medicinally, but didn't have her card. Um, it was a couple of years ago. And, and now in, now Massachusetts, it's recreational. And so, I mean, she lost custody of her kids over that. But, you know, she was also a single mother and doing her best to keep her eyes on them at all times. But, you know, those medications are dangerous for the children too. I mean, they, they, they find their way. It's like, I never wanted, I'm always careful to keep them in a set. I don't let Leo see me take them. Um, Cause I don't want him thinking, oh, well, this is what mommy does with this. I put this in my mouth if I find something on the ground. So why wouldn't I put this in my mouth? Um, I have to make sure to, I always take them, keep them in my room. You're, well, that's, that's what you're supposed, it's common sense, right? For me, yes. Um, it's kind of going out there to people too, out there, you know? Yep. Listen up. Not you, the audience. Uh, I was, like, I, was like, oh. I was like, I need to clarify that. I'm going to listen up, guys out there. Mm. I just, I think that being a parent when you're trying to heal, yeah. it's important to set aside that time for that heal. That's why the therapy was so important for me because it's twice a week where I sit down and that hour is about me and my healing only. And I'm lucky that they, they coincide well with Leo's afternoon resting time. And he's I'm, he's also an absolute blessing because I, I get that I get those hours, those two hours every every week, and um, that's where I focus all of it. So that way, I don't have to carry it. And I also am an advocate for pillow fight therapy. Um, getting a pillow fight with your kids it does it's fun for everybody and it relieves a lot of a lot of that steam. Yeah. Those are and it, it, <laughs> even for the kid, he has, he has so much fun, and then we're both just laughing so hard by the end of it. I love. He it. also has these giant squishy pillows, and like they're like the size of him, so they're <laughs> his wrestling buddies, and they are super soft. So it's like getting hit with one of those is like getting hit with a hug, you know. It's uh, <laughs> hit with it's hugs. Fun. That's what people need to get hit with. They need the shit beat out yeah. of them with hugs. <laughs> I want to smash a bottle of Huggies Plus over their ass. <laughs> that sounds good. And in this corner, Huggy Champion of the World. You know, throw some hugs the fuck out. People do need beat up well, with love. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, you love something so hard that you don't know how to express that through words. Yeah. And it becomes difficult, and especially when you're dealing with your own own stuff and healing. And then, as Leo's getting older, I'm sure because Leo's only three, he's 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 a little guy. Yeah. So the baby forming his identity. Yeah, as he's forming his identity and getting older, you know, there are going to be times where this changes and it's not as 
cut and dry as a pillow fight. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm well aware of that. He, he's, he's a little baby. And so I still feel new in this parenting world. And I've no, I've, I wasn't around kids growing up. I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> like they say what to expect when you're expecting. Well, it's like more what to expect once they're here and like becoming a little person themselves. I mean, I have no clue what's next. I have no clue what to expect. Communication is key. And that's thankfully one thing Leo's got down, you know, um, and, you know, it's a, when you're living in a metroplex like where you're at in a major city and, you know, who knows what kind of information is going to get to your kid. And now you got tech to worry about, too. So, you know, developing that when they're a baby, y'all, like she's saying, uh, developing that communication is going to help when it comes time because the kid won't be able to, if the kid grows up knowing that it's safe, it will always know it's safe. If the kid grows up not knowing it's safe, it's going to have problems. We'll be right back guys. Let me tell you a story. When I was younger, me and my brothers used to get our asses whooped all the time. Stand on the line and whoosh, right on our asses. I, you know, it's strange because you meet a girlfriend, and you get her pregnant. There's needs and then there's wants. Your mom, she was a want. To know this is to know the truth about marriage. You can't, son. Son, are you listening to me? Yeah, Dad, I'm listening. And in the end, you know, you end up with a great son. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never wanted you at all. I knew it. Shit. Hey, I'm Travis Barker. I used to be crazy, wild, dangerous, but then I became a parent. I mean, don't get me wrong, being a dad is great, but things start to happen to you that they don't tell you about in the parenting books. Dark things. Parents may find the following content disturbing. Hey, Michelle, you see what my kid painted? Hey, Jeff, you see it's time to see the dentist? You get it? It's tooth hurdy. You get it? <laughs> I had hit rock bottom, but then I found something that changed my life. Helping parents to rock. Just minutes after I called, we will be right with you. Someone was there to help me. The friendly people at Helping Parents to Rock took me to a state-of-the-art facility where my treatment began. <laughs> oh, kids, listen to this. Oh, PTA meeting. Oh. Can do this. Just push it through. Push it through. Yes. It only took six months of rehab and countless hours of intense psychotherapy, but I finally found the old me. Thank you so much, you guys.
<laughs> Helping parents to rock saved my family. I mean, if it could save a guy like me, it could definitely save you too. Dad, can you help us with our homework? Dad, it's family night. Let's go to Tijuana. You know, safety is so important. Communi- well, communication. That's why I always say yeah. Never go to bed. I never go, like we never end the night on a sad note. We always end it laughing with a book. Um, that's been really. <laughs> He's adorable, man. <laughs> He's adorable kid. I have this thing with like if, if, if he goes to bed and like it's it's because. It can never be because he's being, you know, grounded to his room or punished or something. Like, when he goes to bed, it, I want it to always be, you know, with, with a smile on his face and mama right there if I can help it. And so I read him Shel Silverstein every night. And between the giving tree and either where the sidewalk ends or a light in the attic, as I read through them, um, he always falls asleep. And as I walk out and I look at him sitting there happily sleeping, it makes me feel good that as he was going to sleep, that you know like mom was sitting right there with him and i i really enjoy those times and sometimes he falls asleep before i can even read him a book um he'll fall asleep during his like wind down time but because that's part of our nightly routine and he knows it too he'll go away by the stairs around the time he starts getting that tired crank to him (laughs) and he'll go take his pillows wait by the stairs and i'm like time to go wind down and he just goes yep and we'll go upstairs and I'll have to play on his tablet, um, do whatever he wants for a little while. And then once I hear it get kind of quiet, I know he's wound down and go reading my book. And he's usually out within a half hour, 15 minutes tops. And then there was, in order to get him to do that now, this was a bit of a training thing with him. Um, his eyes have to be closed for me to read. And so I say eyes closed. And if he doesn't close them, I close the book. And I say, if you'd like me to read this book, you know, you have to close your eyes. And he does want the book read. He wants to be read to sleep because he likes it. And because then I'm just right there. It's going to sleep is always kind of a, a stage that changes throughout infancy. And, you know, right now, I mean, it's, it's changed so many times. But since I always did the same routine with him, eyes closed, you know, and, and I've had to get up and walk out of the room. And then he gets very sad. But I always go back. And I, I'll give him three chances going back if I have to actually get up and walk out of the room. It's quite a eyes closed, eyes closed, eyes closed. Okay, I'm going to have to get up if you're not going to close your eyes for the book, you know, and, and say that another two times. Give him chances, you know, because it, it's he's having trouble. He's learning to communicate, and so he's frustrated. And, you know, he, he doesn't know how to express any of those worrying emotions going on inside of him. Because children feel they're in the now. That's what they do. What is there right now? There is whatever is inside of you and whatever you're feeling. And so children are learning to deal with that. I, I never like to end, end the night on a bad note. And so that reading has been a big part of our routine. And then when he's in bed, I always have this happy feeling in my heart because, you know, he went to bed happy. And that means the world to me. So it's... it's you're it's doing your job right. Also been, yes, it's a good thing for me as well. And it gives me that positive reinforcement that... I am indeed a good mother. It's yeah. been hard for me to admit that it is. It's, I have finally, finally been able to start saying that, and I'm proud of it because it's not easy for me to compliment myself. Dude. 
kudos, man. I've never even applauded a motherfucker on this show, but you're in the first one. <laughs> you know, that's some of the best shit I'm going to hear. And, uh, you know, that's positive reinforcement for a lot of other, like, single punk rock parents out there. You know, specifically punk rock parents, but single parents, period. You know, I'm not going to single you out. Because <laughs> we're all single. <laughs> and we're all fucking raising our kid. You know what I'm saying? And it's not easy. And if you don't have family there backing you up, it's really tw- twice exactly. as frustrating, dude. And you're it's talking to two people right now that know, you know. When your family is involved, uh, or isn't, and your family is involved with your CPTSD, that can make it even more complicated because then you're dealing with triggers left and right, or you're not dealing with triggers and that's the trigger itself. But because your family's not there. Yeah. Um, I've, I've kind of gone from not talking to my family to having them somewhat involved in my life and those are two totally different poles <laughs> yeah you know two totally different feelings that went with it and so there, there was a lot of kind of going with the flow on that because you know like leo has a right to know his his biological family and that was deprived of him for the first year and a half of his life um he did not meet his grandfather uh, who was the first one in that family willing to meet him once they found out about him Yeah, because I told them because uh, <laughs> he wouldn't. Um, you know, he has a right to know them, and I wanted to make sure that I had to advocate for his right there. And it was hard because I said, I was like, listen, if, if the guy doesn't want to be involved, I don't want him involved. If, if that's his choice, good. But the rest of the family still has a right too, and, and Leo has a right to know them. And I'm not going to look at my son someday when he's like, 18 and asking about them and then come to find out they would have wanted to be involved and, and, and then, then that would be on me that would be on me for not standing up for them someone has to stick up for the kids and their rights too yeah that's a that's a hard thing i don't understand why children don't have rights like you know they, like a, a children's rights like a advocate because so the parents are having these conflicts dad wants to see the kid mom's being a bitch well what about the kid and I mean, so children and babies can't talk, but once they're older, I don't think that the court system takes into account their opinion as much as they could. Oh, they don't work with them as closely as they could. I think it's that, and it's a combination of probably them feeling desperate on their end with all the individual cases and every, all, right? no, no, no case is the same, obviously. And there's a lot of emotional... Uh, you know, conflict a lot of times in this kind of uh, thing, developing this shit. And you end up with some textbook dummy at the end who's 22 years old, doesn't have kids, making the law for it. That's the end resolve. You know, it's like, uh, that's bullshit. People who don't have par- or who uh, don't have kids, they shouldn't even be able to touch those laws. Uh, right. <laughs> no, man. No. I, that's bullshit. Who the fuck are you? Fucking Count Chocula flies in here and says, oh, I'm going to make child advocacy laws. Oh, it's like, dude, go back to Spain, motherfucker, okay? Because that's not how shit's working here. You know, at this one point, uh, fucking things are just so fucked in America for children. First of all, you got... have no voice. Well, you have 800,000 kids missing a year. That's a fucking fact, y'all. 
And you can go fact check it in Snopes. You're going to get three different answers. You're going to get the FBI. You're going to get the national statistic. And then you're going to get another one. And you know what? The one that's fucking telling you that it's 800,000, motherfucker, that's what it is. The FBI is going to sit there and be like, oh, only really a quarter of that go missing. Even that's a pandemic, dude. You know, I never understood yeah. why people are so wrapped up in their egos right now in this age of ego. And that's what it really is. And every, all these, all the social media, it's this egotistical shit. Watching my friends that I grew up with bend over for Facebook rules and regulations and become that fucking dangling participle of you. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you're just like this once was English language, now you're a Nazi fuck. You know, uh, you know, kids, you know, they, they're, the, they're the ones that are going to denounce people in Generation X. Because, you know, another 20 years, Generation X will be in their 60s or, you know, right there, whatever. And uh, do you really think these fucking kids are going to tolerate any of this shit? They're smarter than us, too. And, yes, and it's our fault that we sat on our hands. Oh, we got abused. Let's listen to Nirvana. It's like, yes. oh, my God. It's like, fuck Kurt Cobain, that gas jockey, fucking white bread motherfucker. It's like, fuck these guys. You know what I mean? Fuck Courtney Hole's ass, too. Even though I do like the song Malibu. I, I can't deny it. I might even end the song, the show with it. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, other than that, you know, these people well, here's, suck. Here's the thing. I, I have decided in my life that there are certain things that need a voice that don't have one. And so I try and advocate whenever I can for people that don't have that voice and aren't able to. And I'm seeing more often than not these days, there's a lot of parents crushing and imposing their on their children what to be and not just letting them be what they are. Yeah. And so these kids grow up not knowing who they are and then they have this big identity crisis and, and you wonder why. And a lot of it comes down to never being allowed to simply just be yourself. Yeah. I know for me that was that was a big issue. I was never I felt I was never allowed to be the shining ray of sun that I am and you know be creative or you write. Can, writing was my favorite thing but my writing was too dark so my parents didn't allow me to do that anymore and like it, everything got taken away because it, yep. it was dark and that's a generation x parent that's yeah, typical fucking that. traits typical traits you know that was it something but that's actually something we all kind of deal with collectively because I mean I think We'll see similarities, you know, when people actually tell their story, I, I often find there's some way I can relate to it. And it's, it's because there are certain things that are generational, going back to Eric Fromm's book, Lost in Transmission. Things are generational and they get passed on and they get passed on without us even realizing it because we're not thinking about how it's going to impact those imprints um, during those crucial periods in the child life. Um, there are many like imprints that happen and or even 
traumas. I mean, you know, when they, when they get that adrenaline rush because, you know, like a fist comes like within an inch of their face, you know, um, that sticks. And those are the imprints that they're building on. And it's up to us to then react when that happens and rectify it by, you know, making sure they're safe, removing them from the situation or, yeah, removing them from the situation because there's no use to see like two parents yelling at each other after the kids just had an adrenaline rush, you know? Yeah. Um, like, don't yell in front of your kids. I never yell. I've never once yelled at my son. I've used a stern mom tone, but he's never once. I've never needed to yell. There's no reason to yell. At I, I yelled at my kid five times. And, and uh, two times he didn't deserve it. <laughs> never put a hand on him, man. Ever. And uh, was there for him in, in ways that I was just not acknowledged by anybody else but the creator, basically. And the kid, even though, you know, in my particular case, I end up like a lot of guys on the shit end of the stick. And uh, hopefully father advocacy rights fucking do evolve in time. That needs to be a thing. That needs to be a thing. You know, a father figure so important for a child. And it breaks my heart that, like... A lot of courts just go straight to the chick. And it's just like, she's a fucking nut half the fucking time. It's like, dude, she's a fucking abusive, narcissistic bitch. You know, it's just like, do a fucking ground check. You know, uh, one day I'll release this, you know, an episode about my son finally. And I'll just call it Adam Air MDG. He has a fucking kid. And uh, I'm going to put out how I really feel about all that. And I'm going to make sure that the enemies of my fucking kid, which is his other fucking family, they fucking definitely know this shit because... I really want that power, and I don't think there should be a statute of limitations. And guys, I'm surprised there is. well, I don't think there is anymore. That's the thing. I think it's been eradicated after Trump. I need to go look into it. And we all do, even if the time has come and gone. Like I said, my kid's fucking almost thirty years old, dude. He's like twenty-seven this year. He'll be twenty-seven in uh, he'll be twenty-seven or twenty-six. He's like 26 or 27. <laughs> he was born in 95. Do the math. Whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, he uh, he's the better part of 30. He's a grown-ass man. You know, um, he got hurt. And it was because shitty lawmaking and uh, shitty, you know, parenting. Uh, not on my behalf. I've always been there, dude. You know, no one can tell me I wasn't. My mom came and visited me. My mom visited me one fucking time. And my sister came and visited one fucking time. These guys fucking praise glory in their own crapulence and all this shit, you know. They're not going to have me around because I'm a punk rocker. You know, blah, blah, blah. That seems to be the story of America. I say, I say, fuck them, because at least you're confident enough to be you, and that's what kids need these days. They need someone that can allow them to be themselves and just, just be. And that, that's why I almost think, like, punk rock parenting is a beautiful thing, because it gives the child an opportunity to be the most themselves they can and, and to explore who they are. And that's growing up. If you have that when you're, when you're a teenager, like, and you get to have that going into your 20s, you're set up for a good life. Yeah. Because half, your, half my 20s, most of my 20s are spent trying to figure out who I am and I'm, I'm still I think just now kind of coming into my own on that 
Parents, don't kids. fuck with your kids like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just don't. You know, uh, you're having a fucking bad day. Fucking go take care of it, man. It's not on them. They'll read you like a book, too, and they're going to be like, you know, little puppies, you know, trying to heal you. The little cuddles I get sometimes when he can tell, he can tell if I'm having a, a tough day. He, he knows when I bring out my big books that Mama's having a tough time, and he cuddles <laughs> with me, and he'll bring his tablet, crawl up right, in, right into my little nook and just sit there with me. And that's all I, it's all I need and all I want, and I have to say, everyone else can fuck off because <laughs> my kid is sitting with me like that. Like, he's all I need. That's real. That's real, and that's global right there. That any, any parent with a heart can have that time with their kid. Yeah, they can if they want it. It's up to them to make the time and the space because, I mean, I've seen mothers that are, you know, like their kids running around amok and, like, you know, they're just sitting there making out with their new boyfriend. And I'm like, dude, what kind of example are you setting for your kid? Because, like, now I don't want your little girl hanging out with my boy because she's going to be making out with him. Like, I don't know, like, kids do what they see. And that's, like, literally all she was doing. It was, like, the whole afternoon, I just, I couldn't believe it. And it was just, it was a little appalling, to be honest, because, I mean, there's just certain things, like, with children, like, especially when they're so young like that, anytime that's just a respect thing, basic respect. I didn't want to see that, dude. Like, really, like, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I ended up going home. I, I didn't spend the, spend the evening hanging out with them because, but I wanted to take the kid with me because she was, she was so sad to see us go because we were playing with her and she just wanted some attention. And, and then it was just, you know, that family had a hard time and she was calling me mom and it just started getting really weird. <sighs> weird. Yeah. And I... my little boy, so the girl was crying and uncontrollable. My little boy, being three years old, walked into her house, grabbed her juice, and brought it to her without without even saying anything. He did that on his own. And she looks at him, stops crying, and, like, sits down with her juice. But, like, I, first off, don't know how. My my mom said that, you know, kids do what they see. So Leo's like, oh, mom grabs me juice, but I'm upset. Maybe this will help. But for him to take that upon himself, his own volition, to soothe her, um, I almost, I almost started crying. I was like, I was so proud of him. That was one of my like most proud parent moments, I guess top five, um, <laughs> because he, he helped her. He made her feel better and he went inside. And most children don't think like that, but I think that children coming up in everything that they have to witness in the world today, I think they are just naturally more considerate of their fellow because there's so many different you know, there's all the different generations, Gen X, millennials, like they're all so vastly different and contrasting that it's causing these children to grow up in a, in a, in a polar environment where, you know, before things were, the times were just very like steadily kind of just fucked up and hidden and everything was hidden, you know, like no one ever, children were seen and not heard and all that crap from, you know, from my grandmother's time. But, like, that stuff was more consistent, and so children didn't have as polarized an environment. But today, it's not just polarized. It's, like, I mean, there's, like, a bunch of different directions and, and groups, and but there are very, very different groups of people that these kids are forced to rectify and, and somehow balance in their head as they're grasping the environment around them. That's difficult for kids, but I think it's making them more aware of their fellows and their peers. I, I agree, you know, and uh, 
there's other methods too to to applicate to you know towards a better parenting. I like this whole series. You like this single? I think I should keep talking about the you know do doing more shows about single gutter punk parents. <laughs> Well, there's there's a lot to discuss on the matter because really has I haven't heard it necessarily, you know even. Well, I, I have I have strong feelings about it because I mean I, I spend a lot of time thinking. I'm a thinker, and I just I, I see an issue with these poor kids right now, and, and yeah. how many different things they're forced to try and balance, and too much pressure. Talking about it now. If we start talking about it now, maybe we can start coming up with ideas to help support them as they're growing up. And that could be a beautiful thing. But I can see. To, yeah. To realize yeah. they have to get their ego aside and say, Hey, like, you know what? Like for the kids, let's, let's try and think of how we can change this or make something that is going to change this. You know, one of the things I want to point out to real fast, uh, not to steamroll you, but just to get a break in there. Um, I wanted to say, you know, like there, God damn it. <laughs> Never mind. Just go. I'm going to edit that part out. Go. <laughs> oh, no, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say fucking, you know, like when uh, you can see some uh, right wing punks and I hate that they're there, but just kind of perverting this whole thing that we're trying to do with spirit on this like really underdog end. And you can see them trying to disney this kind of punk rock single parents. Oh, God. Can you see it? It's these oh, same punks that are like, I'm proud to vaccinate because I'm a dick. You know? It's like, dude, your hair smells terrific. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's like, do you, how, much, how much vanity do you need, you know? But I can see them, that's what I was going to say, perverting this kind of idea that we're doing right now. And, and, you know, if you can see how evil is evil, and they're listening to this show, when you see that fucking, you know, disney fucking version of what the fuck we're talking about, just run away. Fucking Monty Python that shit, and run away! You know... Straight up, get the fuck yeah. out. You know, it's fuck these guys. They don't have any spirit, and you'll see them on Instagram and bullshit like that. Mainly, they're trying to pervert it. It's usually because they're trying to make money somehow. So, I mean, in what I'm saying here, this is something that's strictly like there's no money to be involved. This is this is like it's, it's a social thing that needs to happen. There's there's money to be made here because this is for the children, and they don't have a voice yet. So someone needs to speak for them. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They don't. How are they supposed to talk yet? They don't know, you know? Like, that's what we're doing, kind of, right? I mean, we're talking for these guys right now. Exactly, and that's and that's something that's not happening, and that's that's not going to be how it is. Cause Thanks I for pointing that out. You know, I hadn't necessarily observed it like that until just that second. Well, I happen to have a lot to say, so... <laughs> I guess punk rock advocacy groups, you know? Yeah, it's true. It should be a thing, and... Yeah. Gonna put some energy in it because I'm gonna help you out with that. I think uh, I believe in that too. When your heart's in it, and that's that's what it's about. It's about your heart being in it. If, if you're trying to profit off it, your heart's not in it. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I I dig it, man. I dig it. No, I think that we hit something there. I felt it. 
Did you feel it? It was all boom. <laughs> That's the positivity I want to get out of this show. You know, that is through people yep. that I meet and they have something authentic that in this particular case, like I said, you're not going to read about single gutter punk parent parenting in maximum rock and roll or whatever, you know, or whatever the fuck you're reading or, you know, whichever, whichever of the 20 brands of punks you're into now, you know, cause there's so many and it's a, you know, there's a different kind of punk for all kinds of shit, but you gotta remember, we're still all punks. If you're still calling yourself punk at the end of it, you're a fucking punk. That the end, the end, it's true. It doesn't matter. Need to label it further. Yeah. Need to be labeled further, in my opinion. If you know, I've always liked uh, the label punk, though. I'll tell you, like I've never outgrown it. I don't think it's a case of arrested development. It's a culture in America. Get over yourself, fucking forty-five-year-old douchebag. You know. <laughs> oh, I felt that way when I was in high school. I was like, yeah, you were the kid I fucking hated then too. And they were. They were around in the late '80s. All fucking punk is dead. And they got a mohawk. And they're standing there, you know. <laughs> punk is dead. It's like, who, what? That's when they had emos. That's when emos came out. That's what it kind of, that was their parents. Yeah, that was their parents. No, punk rock died, dude. And so they wear punk rock and they, and they're, well, by wearing in honor of its death. It's like, you're still a punk. And, go cry, <laughs> and you're still whiny punk, but you're a punk, though. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and then there's still those bad punks too. It's like you're a fucking punk motherfucker, you know. And I still say it like that, like, so you know there are these. It's punk as a culture, not sponsored by Johnny Rotten. And uh, you know, it's like, oh god, it's like Johnny Rotten. That guy needed to have kids a long time ago, you know, because uh, he's a fucking douchebag. Disney was all like, we're putting out the Sex Pistols movie. Have you heard this shit? No, I haven't. Yeah. Yep, that's where we're at in the fucking future. I'm going to say like Bob Larson, the televangelist. That's where we're at in the future. This is, this is the end days when they're going to, Disney will put out the Sex Pistols movie. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> I mean, you know, and John Lennon's on there, you know, talking on USA Today from his bourgeois fucking Venice Beach fucking house. And he, he uses his wife as a catalyst. She's sick. No, it's just you're a douchebag, dude. You know, but everything's got to revolve around his ass. Like, he, he's got a war on the homeless in uh, Venice Beach. And they're not the most savory people. By any stretch of the imagination, as I hustled there for like an entire fucking season, and I got my ass the fuck out of there. I was like, "There's bad shit coming here," and you know, the virus came through, and it became the SWAT team, and they just started eliminating all the homeless camps on Venice Beach. And you know, ironically, you had single gutter punk parents living on Venice Beach Boardwalk at that time when I was hustling there. The last time I was like 2019. I did the Big Apple Con in New York City with William Shatner and Kathleen Turner and the dude that fucking plays uh, Luke Cage. Go look it up. He's a good dude. And, um, you know, after that, I ended up in Venice Beach, and I saw them, you know, single parents. 
and they were punks or whatever the fuck they were. They were independent. They were fucking just, you know, on the street. Trying to get by. With their kids. On the boardwalk. Yep, they're training their kids, too, to fucking hustle, steal wallets, all kinds of shit. So, you know. um, their world, and that's that's what they know. And it kind of breaks my heart that, you know, like, sometimes kids don't get the chance. Yeah. It's... That's when you have CPTSD years later that you're dealing with <laughs> over when you realize or if they're even able to get out of it. Some of them aren't. Or they go into U.S. Senate, one or the other. <laughs> you know, they become fucking senators and uh, people that within high powers. And that's even more dangerous because if you think like any of these people are stable in our U.S. government. Yeah, right. They're not hiring people that aren't. <laughs> so you're probably not going to get in. You know, we might get a job there if we went evil. You want to do that? You want to try that? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I, 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 I can't lie. My, my face can't. So it's, it's a problem. Um, my facial expressions are a dead giveaway with how I feel every time. It's, it's an uncontrolled uh, It's an uncontrollable <laughs> issue. I figured, you know, we could, we could do deep cover, get into the U.S. Senate. And then blow the load off everything when when needed. Well, if, if, if there was an intent, if there was an intent there, I mean... Well, of course. What are you talking about? We're punks. Of course there's intent. <laughs> we are in the 58th minute. Man, that was a quick fucking hour. I want to have you back. I want to thank you for being here. Serena well, Williams. Pleasure was all mine. And it, it's, you know, I just, you know, keep playing tennis. I love it. Uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah. No. You and Leo take care and uh, hold on the line. And guys out there and and women out there, as a last note, you know, um, we're sorry for you being in the positions that we were in. And if you don't want your kid, yep, and you don't want your kid to feel that way. So change the tide because the cycle of shit has to start. And it has to stop with you. That's it. All right, don't forget. All right, I'm out of here. Hold on the line. All right. I told you I like this song. I wasn't fucking around. I can like whatever I want. I got to admit, though, (laughs) Courtney Love fucking... Hiring El Duce. Classic. I like what King Buzzo said about it. If I would have known what was going to happen to that guy, I wouldn't have taught him a lick of guitar. Yep, probably a good idea, man. Some things are good ideas, some things aren't. As far as today's episode goes, you heard both. It's a bad idea not to establish communication with your kid. Uh, if you're hurting, um, don't take it out on the kid. You know, don't. They'll just turn out to be fucking corrupt, and they're going to feel like you. Think about how you feel. Think about how nobody was there for you. Do you really want someone else to feel like that? That's what I'm imploring you to fucking look at. Do you think that shit's fair? 
kind of not as, it's about as unfair as fucking liking this song and hating Courtney Love. <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> I fucking hate her. I fucking hate her gut. Oh, God. Felt good to say that. And she's hard to look at. Watching the people versus Larry Flint. And watching her as his wife. Uh, that's hardcore, man. <laughs> Uh, it's a uh, hardcore though. It's a hardcore issue. I do joke around, but we need a little humor there, and I want to put that in there too, you know, because it's good to laugh. But we gotta remember the shit that's serious, and um, when uh, things hit the fan. We don't want to be ignorant to it, man. And you know, it's up to people who aren't going through this shit to acknowledge the fact that people are going through this shit. Because the people that are going through this shit that are single parents with all this fucking complete drama chaos around their ass, it, you know, it needs to be acknowledged by people who aren't going through it. They're part of your country. They're part of your community. They're part of your fucking neighborhood. You're spiritually connected. Doesn't matter if you believe in the spirit or not. I don't give a fuck about that. That's what the reality is. And we're all psychically fucking connected. And we're fucking just water. And we got viruses in us already. Way before fucking COVID. <laughs> we're fucking contaminated. Every one of us. Do you really want fucking the circle of shit to continue with feeling that and neglect? You don't need to be neglected. And you don't need to show neglect. And if you feel it, give me a call here at the studio. I'm at 206-666-5847. I am your fucking doctor. A-A-M-D-G-E-D. UCT. You've been listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy.